Today on the show, we learn how far we're willing to go to take on an empire. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes of our favorite universes. I'm Kevin. I'm Connor. And I'm Jaden. All right, guys. When you think of the Rebel Alliance, you think of beautiful figures that inspire you, like Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, Admiral Akbar. They all bring up romantic feelings, especially Akbar for Kevin. <laughs> but okay. those people are not the ones we're going to be talking about today. Those people are the good guys. We're going to be talking about the morally questionable guys who make up the backbone of the early rebellion. The ones who have to do the dirty work so that the heroes can blow up the Death Star and save the day. I'm glad we're finally, uh, yeah, shedding light on the shadowy figures that make it all possible, that kind of do the the unglamorous parts of, uh, you know, waging an uprising against a brutal regime. Because... I, I think we all know on some level that uh, a war like that, you know, that's not, it's, it's an ugly business. And the mainline Star Wars movies put kind of a, a, uh, a handsome face on that ugly business sometimes. Absolutely. Not that, not that uh, the subject of our podcast isn't handsome, because he is quite, oh, quite a looker. Oh, perish the thought. Very, very perish good Perish the thought. Yeah, absolutely. Diego Luna. Oh, man. Who? I just think that Star Wars itself, like some other types of stories, are very one or zero. It's either very good or very they're very evil. And I think the gray area in between and just the anti-hero is a lot more interesting and a lot more intricate of a story and a character to tell rather than, you know, they're always going to be good. They're always going to be bad. They're always going to have that code that they follow or something like that. And mm -hmm. I think there's a lot more leeway to have an interesting story with a character like this. Absolutely. And yeah. so if you guys haven't guessed already, uh, we are talking about Cassian Andor, uh, the title character for the show Andor that is premiering on Disney Plus very, very soon. Uh, we we saw how much fun everybody had doing the Kenobi show and the feedback we got from it was great. So we decided, hey, why not try it one more time, but with a, a character that not a lot of people know about? So that's what exactly. the, the goal of today's episode is to take a look at his story, where he comes from, what may have uh, influenced his thoughts and you know opinions growing up, and finally, what are thoughts of what is going to be included in the Andor show. So before we get into it, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. So as per usual, we love to hear from you guys, our listeners. 
So shoot us an email at podcast at loreparty.com with all your thoughts and episode ideas. We got a lot of feedback on Kenobi, and we really enjoyed hearing what everybody had to say. So keep it coming. Keep it coming. And, of course, our teams are streaming weekly on Twitch, so be sure to follow us on twitch.tv slash lore underscore party. And of course, we are all on the social medias, so you can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. All right, now that that's out of the way, we are going to dive right in to talking about Andor, his origins, and where we think he's going to end up at the end of his series. But first, let's break for an ad. Stick around. Okay, now that that's out of the way, now we get to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Cassian Andor. Who is Cassian Andor, though? Oh, that's I a mean, very good question. I feel like there's a there's a swath of people, maybe not a huge one, but some people out there who maybe didn't watch one particular Star Wars movie, and so they're completely in the dark about this guy. Because he hasn't had a whole lot of exposure. The best, it's the best Star Wars movie. It's I, I agree. the best. It's it's a big mistake to miss this one. Yeah, I I yes. I am on record as as giving Disney a lot of guff, if I can use that old word, uh, with <laughs> with their treatment of the Star Wars license. Um, rented mule is a is a phrase that comes to mind. Uh, but I think that Rogue One they nailed it. They hit it out of the park with this one. And I, by far, yeah. all the characters and the best part is like the characters did the exact opposite of what I thought they were gonna do. Like literally, I I saw the cast list and I went. Oh, wow. Eight new characters, huh? That's eight new toys that we're going to buy for the next 20 years. And then <laughs> the movie happened, and I was like, oh, wow, we will never see them again. So, spoiler-heavy episode. Spoi- spoiler-heavy episode here. Just keep that in mind. If you have not seen Rogue One, I highly recommend you just hit pause, go watch Rogue yeah. One, go cry for a while, and then come back. <laughs> Yeah, pause right now, go watch it. Uh, you're missing out otherwise. And, okay, we're good. Now, they all died. It was horrible. You got a chance. You got a chance, listener. <laughs> it like To, to your point, Jaden, there was definitely a curveball. Like, that's not the usual Star Wars formula. No. You know, we were, we're used to seeing, oh, a new generation of heroes that have plot armor, and, you know, we're gonna, they're going to be around a while. But with Rogue One, it was like a very... Very different way to tell a story with Storm very disposable characters. Exactly. Stormtroopers like were them. accurate uh, explosions and the Death Star and just just uh, characters who were disposable. Like they, they serve their purpose in that story and their part in it is done, yeah. including, unfortunately, our subject today, Cassian Andor. We, we see the end of his journey, basically, Absolutely. in Rogue One. But that's a great way to segue into the beginning of his journey. And exactly. I, I don't think yes. there's any place that you can start without mentioning like the one of his most iconic lines from rogue one i've been in this fight since i was six years old that is cold that's a cold it's a line cold that's line. A sad line. to think I about it. it's a really it sad is, line yeah. and uh, i looking into his character um you know the timeline of that really didn't add up so i found out that cassian uh he was born on a planet called fest it was a mountainous cold world out in the outer rim and this was not a planet that was controlled by the Empire. The Empire didn't exist yet. Nor was it a Republic world. It was, in fact, a planet that had pledged its loyalty to the Confederacy of Independent Systems, better known as the Separatists. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That means that Cassian Andor, 
The fight that he's been in since he was six has been against two different regimes, the Republic right. and the Empire. He just hates everybody. He just hates everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot, what a lot of people forget is the Outer Rim planets that a lot of the fighting in the Clone Wars took place on. Like, they, they're so far from Republic control that a lot of them just don't even really align with the Republic at all. No. So, I mean, most of us see the Republic, especially in the Clone Wars uh, era, as those are the good guys. Why would anyone fight yep. them? But, like, where Cassian grew up, they were just these random goons that no one really had any loyalty to. So, they, of course, he would see them as stormtroopers yeah. uh, before they were really stormtroopers. You know, the, the Confederacy of Independent Systems, most of the worlds that were involved in that uh, rebellion, which it, it was, it was a rebellion— um, mm -hmm. they saw Coruscant as this like bloated, outdated bureaucracy, whereas the, yeah. uh, the corporations that kind of controlled the Confederacy, they were the ones that were bringing the jobs. They were bringing the food, the freedom and the security in their minds. So they thought these are the guys that are going to back me up. And the best part is we don't even have to do any of the fighting because the Confederacy is providing battle droids to do all the fighting for us. Yeah, right. Which, you know, hey, like, that's a great deal. You don't even have to die. You're, someone else is going to do the fighting for you, <laughs> and you're going to, like, that's a no-risk yeah. rebellion. Unfortunately, yeah. some of those worlds uh, didn't actually get out of the way of the Republic's uh, retaliation for the rebellion. And they mm. found themselves having to form resistance cells and ad hoc military units. Yeah, just being, like, in this position of... You know, you're not a trained soldier. You're just you're you're just some kid, literally a kid in Cassian's case, just living on this backwater planet, middle of nowhere. Uh, and yeah, you've relied on the Confederacy for or the corporations, trade federation, banking guild, whatever it is, for your food, your shelter, your your way of life for so long, and then suddenly, uh, yeah you're expected to take part in this war. Like, as far as you're concerned, again, like we touched on this, like, but as far as you're concerned, the Republic brought this war to your yep. planet. Like, everything was fine before they came along. So, and yeah, becoming a uh, citizen army like this and like one of the early resistance cells in the galaxy, uh, that's that's a brutal way to bring the war to a civilian population. That's That's never pretty. Nope. And that's, that's going to shape the life of people like, like Cassian for the worse. I yeah, think. even with the, the Separatist massive droid manufacturing facilities, we really, uh, they didn't have enough forces to cover the entire outer rim. So a lot of times the, the planets, they actually had to defend themselves. And mm -hmm. you get gr uh, brilliant arcs in the Star Wars The Clone Wars with uh, Umbara. It's a great example. Mm -hmm. You don't see, uh, you see very few, if any, battle droids throughout the entire arc. I don't even think you see any on the planet. And the Republic forces, they come in and they are only fighting the natives. And it is a brutal, wow. brutal conquest. Now, I want you to remember this, though, too. He, th we are talking about somebody who is a child soldier. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, I personally say a lot of the Jedi, sometimes some of those children, now they weren't thrown into battle, but I think sometimes if they did have to, they could be considered ch child soldiers, you know, like nonsense, that, Kevin, that it was kinda... an internship. I signed a permission. Yeah, slip. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a difference. Um, they're just yeah. space monks. Um, but really like he is a child soldier. So think about 
everything in his mind when he goes through things he says and and everything that he's been through we're gonna go over that but starting at six remember six years old so this is a bit intense especially for a six-year-old absolutely yeah like being being uh in charge of missions as a literal as a, a barely out of your infancy and you have to like throw rocks and bottles at at clones in their tanks yeah and his stuff. his first assignments and i say that with air quotes is basically just like <laughs> go be a nuisance be a shithead kid to these uh yeah. clones <laughs> and it's so it's so messed up to think about the fact that the clones are there to like they you know the clone troopers they they think they're there to liberate these people and they end up being their opponents like you're there to bring this planet back into the republic and you end up just mostly killing its natives yep. not even the not even battle Na- droids natives like that didn't even want to be a part of the republic in the first place you yeah remember, they just want you to leave like if, yeah. i've always said this uh if the republic is so good why is there still slavery in the galaxy if yeah, they're so exactly. good at providing comfort and security then something that like that shouldn't be a thing mm. i agree Anakin would not have been a child no. slave. Which I, I and I love I always love Qui-Gon's take on that where it's like he's just like, eh, galaxy's a big place, man. What do you want from us? It's like, what do you mean? It's kinda like you'd say he'd probably say, Well, you gotta blame the huts for that one. This is technically hut yeah, space. It's, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. Always shift always you know, passing the buck. Blame. That's how it goes. But yeah, yeah constantly. Oh, oh well. But to get to get us back on topic, uh it, when Cassian, you know, he's growing up in this environment. And unfortunately, sometimes when you're fighting the good fight in your head, you don't win. You know, as we know, the Separatists lost. And uh, when they lost, there was a, a lot of resentment for the native populations of these worlds because most of the fighting was still done by droids. And a lot of the smaller worlds, they never really suffered a lot of, you know, personal loss. You know, a lot, when it comes to war, you know, most of the time you'll know someone who goes off to battle and doesn't come home. but they didn't yeah. even have that didn't even happen for them the war happened on another planet and then they got a letter saying hey by the way we lost you know yeah. and yeah so there was a there's this mindset of the people on the planet that was basically like uh we weren't defeated we didn't lose our leadership failed yeah. us yeah and this is the exact you know it's very similar to the attitude that uh german citizens felt at the end of world war 1 because from what they knew from their propaganda, the war was going great until one day, all of a yeah. sudden, it wasn't. And that was the same case here. The separatists were like, everything's fine. Please just keep sending us raw materials. And then all of a sudden, there was no, <laughs> there was no return button when they hit. They're like, hey, hit send. Uh, nothing. Where's it going? Yeah. Mustafar. I've never heard of Mustafar. Weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're just left with you're just left holding holding the bag at the end of the day and it's like we did nothing wrong we just defended our home and suddenly there's this power vacuum suddenly we've been conquered it's like what what did we do to deserve this we we kept up the fight we we weren't technically beaten we just like it's just new administration yeah basically it's just we're changing the signs on the front door uh our old you know our old masters are now uh dudes in white helmets and uh, jedi back on course and, and senators and whatnot and it's like yeah nothing really materially changes for us it's just uh, a matter of window dressing and, and titles that's really yeah. it and so they're still suffering to them the overlords if you will 
just it just changes the power vacuum just gets filled continuously and mm -hmm. it just never changes yep. and it's always going to be this oppressive force so to mm -hmm. them they just they just want to protect their home whether it's their independence or representation whatever they don't want to be controlled by anybody outside of them yes yeah but unfortunately it seems like they they kind of keep getting uh well unfortunately the new regime of you know what what takes over after the clone wars uh it it gets even worse from there apparently the new these you know these worlds that have been freshly conquered found themselves being brutally oppressed by the new regime uh we see this in uh the book lost stars if you've read that uh we see it you know the these worlds are just they're fine uh they lost and then all of a sudden uh the Empire walks in and, and lays all these new rules down. In an episode of The Bad Batch, we see that all citizens su are suddenly required to register their identity and turn over all of their money in exchange for Imperial credits. Massive amounts mm -hmm. of uh, private land is confiscated in order to build these giant government domes on cities. Mm -hmm. Every city, every planet has a city where they just build this giant monolith to the Empire just to remind the people that they are no longer independent that they serve at the pleasure of the empire and if you yeah. speak out against that you're gone they take you away and they shove you into the spice mines of kessel or some other horrible imperial <laughs> prison camp yeah it's uh, it really is like you know such a harsh awakening for a kid like like cassian who grew up grew up among conflict to begin with so it's not like he had an easy life to begin with but I don't think even he could have expected, like, hey, the uh, Republic that's kind of coming in and uh, bringing war to our doorstep. It, it, I'm sorry to say, but it gets even worse yeah. from there. Like, yeah. the the Empire, like, is a whole nother level. That Republic <laughs> was willing to lie to your face and tell you that they were better. Yeah. And then that Republic died and they, they dropped the facade. They're like, nope, you serve. All citizens of the Empire serve the Empire. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I just the thought of, like, the space gulag, you know, like that for a kid and then for a people. I just keep thinking about how for them they were fighting against those that got took over. Like it's just the mindset of thinking like, oh, we think the Republic is bad. They just got defeated by somebody even worse. And, yeah. and the thought process of like, oh, my God, maybe we shouldn't have been fighting them or maybe we should have tried to not just fight them maybe we should talk to them maybe like like i don't know i feel like this was a planet that was taken uh, advantage of by the separatists um yeah and yeah. they themselves were like a pawn in this whole scheme for the empire to become the empire and i don't know if they know that specifically but i think that that if they do that probably feels even worse to realize oh my god our freedom our our fighting back against what we believe is tyranny was used against us our na naivety and, and all that stuff was yeah. used against not just us but then it was also technically it was, it was used against the entire rest of the galaxy and that's gotta feel pretty shitty they used tyranny to fight the tyranny that turns out wasn't tyranny it was <laughs> yeah 
it's it's realizing that your independent spirit and your desire for liberty was taken advantage of by by corporations yep. who were using you as meat shields basically but it's it also like double whammy it turns out it would have been useless anyway yeah. because the republic that came to quote unquote liberate you turned out they just turned into the empire so it was kind of a lose lose uh, and you know but i i guess i guess you could say luckily or for one way or the other Cassian, uh, you know, he's grown up as a child soldier. You know, he's like as as bad as that upbringing is. It at least toughens him, yeah. and he doesn't take this situation lying down at at all. He uh, keeps fighting back. He joins uh, resistance cell after resistance cell. You know, these are this mm-hmm. is not the rebellion that we come to know in episode four and five. This is a bunch of uh, lycan rebels. You know, a bunch of like-minded individuals they all hop on a ship or find an abandoned hollowed out moon base and they do whatever mm-hmm. little disruptions they can you know that you know yeah, stealing just... the supplies blowing up ships uh helping prisoners escape whatever whatever they can do to make the empire think twice about causing unmitigated destruction and luckily yeah. for him his his efforts were noticed you know he was recruited by general draven who is the head of the Alliance Intelligence Network. Mm. And it's, you know, it's, so it's basically Andor slowly realizes that, hey, there are more people like me out here who believe that the Empire is evil. And th- because of that, I actually think that there's a chance to make a difference. So he signs up to become an intelligence agent, which is not easy in today's world. Imagine a world <laughs> with jetpacks and lasers and holograms. They got your yeah, face. A galaxy with millions of planets in it and like a lot of people to connect and, you know, network with and gather information from. Uh, you got your work cut yeah. out for you. And also with a galaxy spanning empire, you know, if you step the wrong direction, they they bring the hammer down yeah. on you. It's it's a life of danger and darkness and terror. Also, there's no dental. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I also think as well the fact that now they see what true tyranny is, and so it almost it almost uh, encourages them to fight back even more because they've yeah. already been doing it for so long, and to them they realize that they were not actually fighting the oppressive force. Mm-hmm. This one is, of course, like we said earlier, it's way worse. And they have experience in, in this kind of thing. And I don't really think that the Alliance, the, those in the Alliance, we have seen a lot of them. They kind of led some cushy lives. Um, and this is the group of people that didn't. And this is the group of people that have been fighting the majority of their lives and they know mm. what it takes to actually be in those trenches rather than in, you know, Coruscant just kind of like making back-end deals and all this other stuff. <laughs> I mean, I would say that's true yeah. for <clears throat> maybe the leadership of the rebellion, but, you know, uh, yeah. to, borrow a, uh, a, to, to borrow and paraphrase a quote from an old Legends book, it was like, the rebellion was filled with starry-eyed farm boys like Luke Skywalker before the Empire yep. fell. Because that's... Yeah. You know, they're not all the rich, rich guys, although yep. those can help. Looks over at Bail Organa. But this, this <laughs> I time was just frame, about to say, yeah. this group of people, I would say these are the beginnings of, 
of that yeah. and these are the people that already maybe have already had that experience yep. and so they bring a lot to the table comparatively to the politicians that were kind of starting to do this yeah yeah i, I think bef- before you can build yourself up into an organized strategic insurgency that actually makes a you know high level difference you have to start with this kind of grassroots really just individuals making the choice on their own to disobey to uh not to, to not conform to the new system to uh fight back in the little ways however they can and that escalates into yeah like we kind of talk about this raw gritty down to down to the ground level uh type of rebellion where people are just getting their hands dirty you know like uh I, th- I think there's a great example in, in uh, Rogue One, actually, uh, when we first meet Cassian. Yeah. Yeah, that actually is a really good uh, segue. He meets one of his contacts, and when they are con- uh, cornered, instead of, a, like, a valiant last stand, you know, befitting a hero as, like, Star Wars would show, Cassian just shoots him in the back in cold blood and just is like, I'm going to avoid capture. No, fuck this. Yep. No way, man. Like, it's m- much more down to, uh, I don't want to say Earth, but uh, it, yeah, sure. We're down to Terra, whatever you want to call it, down to Coruscant. He's very like, no, none of this bullshit. It's not about heroes. This is not about, this is about survival. I mean, this he is knows about, what happens yeah, to that guy, too. If he gets captured, he's going to get tortured to death. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like doing them both a yeah. favor. Like I'm going to save you torture. I'm going to save my own life and I, like that this is how it has to go yeah. down and uh yeah, it's like there are, there are, you know, we mentioned Bail Organa earlier. I think that that's 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 worth repeating is just the sense of there were the leadership types who had the kind of lofty ideals in terms of opposing the empire the quote-unquote right way you know i will lead from the senate and i will gather support and resources and you know we'll we'll do this proper uh you know we'll we'll you know form a proper military but then yeah you that on the flip side of that you have cassian just like you know i'm gonna gather the dirt i'm gonna go into the dark seedy underbelly of the galaxy and i'll do what i have to to keep stay alive fight back however i can And it's the two sides it's, of the coin. It's not about uh, blowing up Death Stars sometimes. Sometimes you got to blackmail yeah. them off or shoot a senator. <laughs> right. You got to get some stuff done, man. And that's yeah. what I mean earlier about, like, the senators and the politicians. They're, they're even, even them creating, like, a rebellion is still feels kind of Star Wars operatic, you know? Like, yeah, uh, yeah it's there's honor in this and we're going to rag you know gather the politicians and the senators mm-hmm. and we're going to get more information and we're going to fight back with the law like no fuck that it doesn't work these are the guys that really know what the hell's going on you know yeah well well i disagree right. i do have to say to your point there uh there is a great uh book that came out to a company rogue one and it listed off some of the the rebellion council and one of them was like the minister for uh education and uh, civil rights and i was like oh that's hmm. cute hmm. interesting you guys are rebellion you know, it was like it's like you have a school teacher for the rebellion you don't even have a core world yet and you're already <laughs> thinking takes, about takes like types. the infrastructure afterwards mm-hmm. yeah thinking ahead I, I guess by the time we sort of really meet Cassian for the first time, he has been, you know, getting his hands dirty for decades, for most of his life, as as he's been... He's basically seen the rebellion be born from 
the like we talked about the grassroots of just individual action to small networks that sort of start to slowly coalesce together until you eventually have the fully fledged rebel alliance but i think we start seeing in rogue one when we meet Cassian for the first time officially we start seeing that rebellion the quote-unquote rebel alliance or i guess officially the alliance to restore the republic they kind of now that they have an official name and official like a charter and you know like leadership and structure and all that they start to look backwards and look at their origins and they cringe a little bit like oh yeah we uh we had some some rough years at the beginning there where uh, we crossed some lines and you know obviously did what we had to do for the sake of freedom and you know liberating the galaxy but i think we start seeing the rebel alliance start to uh disavow some of the actions of the more extreme i guess like partisans and you know ground level operatives the cells who really make things happen on the ground uh, I, I guess one example would be saw guerrera he's uh he's another character we meet in uh rogue yep. one and he, he's he's also one of those early rebel operators who uh <laughs> he's actually a very interesting foil for Cassian because he was an insurgent yeah. during the Clone Wars, but he fought for the Republic mm -hmm. against the Separatists on his planet. And he was he wasn't That's as true. young as Cassian was, but he was like 16, 17 when the Separatists invaded his yeah. home world. So he's he's on the other side where he he saw war as well. Look, everybody just needed a common enemy. Yeah. That's all they needed, just a common enemy. Well, and his, his path took a much darker uh, direction than even Cassian could have imagined. He was fine with bombing civilian targets, you know, uh, Moff's mm. families. He didn't care. He was just like, yep, if, you're, if you benefit from the Empire, you must, you must uh, learn to, to fear the rebellion. And... Yeah, no holds yeah, barred. And the rest of the the rest of the Rebel Council was like, mm, well, let's let's not be as bad as the Empire, okay? Let's tone it down. Tone it a little. down a notch. <laughs> How about only two thermal detonators in that uh, building over there? We're not gonna <laughs> use their examples as what we will do. Let's just look at them as examples of what we shouldn't do. Yes. Yeah, it's it's like it, winning the, is winning matters, but how we win also matters is kind of the line that gets drawn. So, uh rebels or partisans or insurgents or what have you like saw Guerrera, they typically get labeled basically no little more than terrorists by the rebellion yep. leadership so you start you start seeing these distinctions and i i'm hoping the the andor series shows us a little bit more of those gray areas between the heroic ideals that i think the original trilogy kind of had us growing up with you know the the, the hero rebels and then you have the Morally ambiguous, uh, really just killing whoever they have to, uh, rebels. I mean, who, sidestep uh, from this, I also think that's why a lot of people liked Han Solo in the first movie, especially oh, the sure. whole Han Solo shoots first kind of situation, yeah. because it was like, this Good guy point. is supposed to be scum, and... You know, that's that's the whole point is they, you know, I guess you could say he's turned from scum to hero, blah, 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 whatever. Throw that aside. The origin is that he's a piece of shit and he's kind of a piece of shit like these guys. He's just, just a goofy himself, piece of yeah. shit, you know? To borrow a, uh, a line from Firefly, I love Malcolm Reynolds when he says, because uh, I'm the good guy. And then he stabs someone and he goes, all right, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just, a I'm okay, just okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. No, absolutely. <clears throat> and I, I think this is a good point to 
stop. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to roll our last ad. And then we're going to talk about what we expect from the show, Andor. Not the man, the show. All right, we're back. Uh, now that we've talked about who Cassian is, we can talk about where he's going to end up. Of course, we already know where his story ends, but we don't know where the story of the show is going to end. That's right. Yeah, we, we will we'll hopefully get a better understanding of kind of what he had been up to prior to this, the events of Rogue One. You know, maybe we'll see a bit more of his history. So far, we know of his childhood, I guess, or at least we have hints of it. So we might get some more background on you know, how he grew up, how he sort of got into uh, the resistance uh, line of work. Uh, and, you know, th I'm hoping that through his eyes, we'll, we'll kind of watch the rebel network sort of start to grow and blossom and become the alliance that it becomes later. So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities in terms of the kinds of stories we'll see, the types of people we'll meet throughout his travels. Uh, and just, yeah, like, I'm I'm just glad that, one thing that Rogue One did really well was really center the normal people of the galaxy as the heroes, mm -hmm. like the 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 working stiffs and you know the grunts on the ground who really get the job done. Like there there no no Jedi in Rogue One yep. basically. That's that's the the big departure and the you know the the difference that I think was its strength was really centering the normal people. And I'm hoping I'm optimistic that Andor kind of continues that tradition of. Yeah, you know, let's let's set the Jedi aside. They have plenty of their own stories. Let's talk about just the normal yeah. people struggling to get by. I'm excited to see, you know, because we know that it's going to be, and like you said, Andor is going to be helping the rebellion to create and establish like these all these resistant networks, right? So like the path, like we saw that in Obi Wan, we're going to start seeing a lot more of that kind of stuff, but a little bit more intense, focusing on you know gathering intelligence and. Um, fighting back and on specific planets yeah. and what we can do, moving resources. It's going to be much more thorough and fleshed out on how to do it. And I think it's cool that this is the guy to do it because of his background. Yes. I am much more excited to see the darker aspects of this, though. Like, I, I yeah. want to see what it takes and by what means they're going to go uh, like, you know, how far are you going to go to really establish this one network to get, gather this intelligence? Do you have to murder all these people? Like, I want to know. I want to see these decisions. <laughs> I want to see those things. I mean, I, off the top right. of my head, I, I would love to see them do an arc where it's like they know of a moth on a certain planet who controls, say, uh, medical shipments to the Outer Rim. So, they, so Andor goes and has a meeting with him pretending to be like a diplomat. And instead of him, like, agreeing to sell the stuff outright because he's a corrupt politician, they then have to go and get blackmail evidence against him. That would be really cool where it's like, you know, you're going to ruin this guy's life. Are you willing to do that? Yes, I am for the supplies. Yep. That would be, that would be yeah. a really interesting scenario, at least in my head. And I, I think it's cool because they've basically confirmed that this show's going to have a bunch of seasons. Uh, and yeah. No, that's that's exciting like multiple seasons uh multiple opportunities to set up like entire arcs entire like spy dramas that can yeah. play out over this the course of a season that's and pretty I, cool. I, I, I even saw that. rumors that uh andor himself might not even be the main character uh at a certain point afterwards because i guess they've they've planned out like hmm. the first 
five seasons or so. I uh, I read a variety a variety article that they already have season two is filming in November. So they've got like five, but apparently they've got like five seasons planned and each one will be like a year leading up to Rogue One. But wow. I think they're thinking like maybe the characters that they established will be able to carry on after the sh- after Rogue One. Interesting. Which, okay. I okay. mean, it'd be kind of like... Which would be kind of like the Rebels. Yeah, I would say Rebels or um, uh, Game of Thrones where it's like, no, nah, Ned Stark's not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what facets as well, like, of the Rebellion are portrayed here in this time frame. Like, I really want to know which, like like I said, like the politicians, right? Like, I want to see them and then how they interact with his group. Like, I want to see those interactions of creating the Rebellion and the conflicts within that, because that... That I think is a lot more interesting because you have to be on the same page if you're gonna. You well, know, yeah, you be, always when you're building uh, when you're building something like this, you always have to make sure your message is coherent and sound, and you're all speaking in the same voice because if you don't, yeah. it peters out. And the other thing it, too is you need to be critical, able to trust yeah. people. You need to be able to trust right. people. So, like, if I don't 100 percent trust you know, this party and I give them some information because I want them to join. If they don't agree with that, what if they want to take my side out because they think we would be a burden to their, you know, um, their, their fight, you know? So they could, they could leak that information. Then my group could get destroyed because this other group wants to fight it a different way. And I would be in the way, you know? Yeah. And fighting would be, yeah, if we had if we saw infighting between different like kind of ideologically opposed uh, rebel cells, that would be amazing. That'd be, very That'd be cool. such a cool, unexpected way to tell that story. Because like yeah, like we've talked about or like we've established, the Rebel Alliance is not an army yet, not even close. It's like it's more of a it's an insurgency. It's like a spy ring, which means it needs a lot of opsec yeah. operational security. Like if word gets out about something to the wrong ears you're all screwed and like maybe a cell that's that's why you know you operate in cells like if one group goes down the other one can take over exactly so it's it'd be a completely different game we'd be watching well and you, you know to the credit of the senators who ended up taking over the rebellion as like the leadership council i think they did a hell of a job mm-hmm. better than what saw guerrero would have done saw guerrero would have gone out in a blaze of glory he would have launched as many yeah. ships as he could have at like the biggest target he could find and lost thinking short yeah he would have lost all of his men you know yeah attacking the kuat yeah. shipyards you know as a like, cool you blew up like right. one star destroyer manufacturing plant but you got everyone killed yeah we got to keep in mind the timeline here of like you know the rebel uh fleet isn't really in a position to pose any kind of threat no. to the empire even up until even up until episode six like mm-hmm. when you know, the battle of endor yeah. like uh, and and when we see in Rogue One, like the majority of the Rebel fleet kind of shows up at Scarif, that's a huge gamble. And they right lose there. they lose like, a lot of it. I mean, there's literally an episode of, of Rebels yeah. where uh, getting their hands on a dozen Y wings is like a great victory for the Rebellion. Yeah, like that's huge. how desperate they are. Even like a year before yeah. the Battle of Scarif and Yavin, and that's why there's only there's yeah. only thirty ships at the Battle of Yavin. Because the rest of them scattered after Scarif. They, the, the fleet was thrown to the wind because they were like, all right, we've got the plans. Everyone, jump, run. <laughs> yeah, get Go. the hell out of here. Yeah, and no, I think the, just the desperation of that situation will be interesting to watch. Uh, and like, like I've said, especially from the eyes of 
non space wizards, <laughs> you know, for people <laughs> people who aren't like you know, they don't have the main character plot yeah. armor necessarily. They they are just on the ground. They you know they live in the dirt and you know scrape by. So no, it'll it'll be it'll be a different world for sure. Maybe we do see some Jedi that have been smuggled out by the path. You know, that's a new that would be leadership amazing. or a new uh, faction that that's be been cool. shown. That'd be cool. Like heck, we could get like a maybe a a Jedi who's a drunk. You know, he's like super, cool. yeah. su- or like he's a high on death sticks, and like he's just this bad actor and he's like no i'm still a jedi it's like no man you're messed up you are we're not gonna let you yeah, like that like, oh that would be a great storyline they find a jedi but he is messed up in the head and they're like we can't really like rom we can't maybe. make him the face of the rebellion <laughs> like like maybe you have a leader who's like yeah. we found a jedi dude this is so great and it's like that jedi is like the worst and they're like we can't guys we can't not him no nah, he won't inspire him. people he'll make everyone <laughs> sad I don't want to. I don't want to hope too hard. I don't want to get my hopes too much high too too high over like thinking about. I don't know. Calcast this as a crossover. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Like you've gotten my now. You've done it. You've, you've said sweet, the name. But... You've already done it. I know you said you didn't want to do it, but you did well, it. And, but, now I'm but I know I've cursed this time myself. This is perfect for that because you know you've got it, you've got a bad batch. They could show up. up. You know you've already got Temesu Morrison's yeah. already ready. He's like, I'll do. Yeah. I'll do it, man. I love. He's like, I love Star Wars again. He's down. Uh, you, we can see Ahsoka. We can yeah. see the Ghost Crew, maybe. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of possibilities. You could, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, you could throw in, you can throw in so much in this time period. I know we talked about Kenobi, like when when Jade and I, we, when when we were in that time frame. You can only do so much with a character within a specific time frame when you're very much limited. And of course, with and uh, you know, we we know when this guy dies. We know about this whole thing. So for time wise, you can only do so much with the character. But also, you have all these other things you can branch out with. And I think. What's cool is that, like you said, he might not be the only character that's a main character. He could leave, and then they could just say, okay, well, we won't call it, you know, his name anymore won't be the show, but we'll do another character, and we'll just branch it off from there. You could do that, and there's a, there's a lot that could be done. I mean, you honestly, you could even just do like, hey, this is the Andor division. This is the Andor intelligence yeah, division. Yeah. You know, we named it in honor of the guy who, you know, sacrificed everything to get the Death Star plans off the planet. There's oh, a yeah, lot. You could do a lot. My head is spinning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's great. The, uh, this is going to be an interesting series. I'm hoping it's a darker tone. Uh, any any final thoughts you guys yeah. might have? No, nah, I'm just just looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that we I'm glad that we have what we have to go on, but I'm also glad that we have so little. I, I, yeah, I'm glad that it's limited mm-hmm. to some degree. Like you know, it leaves some mystery. Like oh man, I'm. I'm just in a world where every, every background character has a three-page article on Wikipedia, it's kind of <laughs> nice to, to not know something about certain characters yet. I can't wait till the the Cantina band gets their own spinoff show oh and we God. get to watch like their origin stories. And it's gonna be a biopic. <laughs> you, you joke, but there was an episode of Star Wars Visions that was basically that. <laughs> For me, I'm excited to see the interactions between the two facets i don't even say two facets there's just a lot of different classes for people that are involved in the rebellion and i think that's a really cool thing to see that it brings so many different people from different backgrounds together and so i think it's gonna be interesting to see those that actually actually do physical fighting interact with those that 
verbally fight, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I really want to see those interactions and how they kind of create and form and mold this rebellion into the alliance and how all that stuff works. Um, Kevin really hates politicians. I like get smacked. I, look, 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 look. I studied <laughs> this stuff, so like I'm so much more in interested in that and you know hey eat the rich like fuck that i love it let's go i just really want to see how it works i want to see how they're gonna go about it um yeah. plus i mean i really am excited to watch all of this and then re-watch rogue one and be even more depressed yes. than i was before <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. i want more reasons to be depressed guys that's what star wars is it's just depression it space depression <laughs> And on that fun note of depression, we're going to wrap it up. Speed of depression, I'm sad we have to go, but it was great to be here. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>